Chapter Number Thirty of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reveals something to Hamilton. Edgar Hamilton sat with his eyes fixed upon the dingy, inartistic, smoke-begrimed windows of the chambers opposite. The man before him was acquainted with Gabriel Hayburn. For over a year he had not been in London. He recollected the last occasion recollected it alas only too well his thin countenance wore a puzzled anxious expression the expression of a man face to face with a great difficulty tell me walter he said at last what kind of place is glencardine castle what kind of man is sir henry hayburn glencardine is one of the most beautiful estates in scotland it lies between perth and stirling the ruins of the ancient castle where the great Marquis of Glencardine, who was such a figure in Scottish history, was born, stands perched up above a deep, delightful glen, and some little distance off stands the modern house, built in great part from the ruins of the stronghold. And there are noises heard there the same as Hetzendorf, you say? Well, the country folk believe that, on certain nights, there can be heard in the castle courtyard distinct whispering the counsel of the devil himself to certain conspirators who took the life of the notorious cardinal Citone. has any one actually heard them they say so or at any rate several persons after declaring that they had heard them have died quite suddenly hamilton pursed his lips well he exclaimed that's really most remarkable practically the same legend is current in south hungary regarding hetzendorf strange very strange very remarked the heir to the great estate of conachan but after all cannot one very often trace the same legend through the folklore of various countries i remember i once attended a lecture upon that very interesting subject oh of course many ancient legends have sprung from the same germ so that often we have practically the same fairy story all over europe but this it seems to me is no fairy story well laughed murray the history of glencardine castle and the historic family is so full of stirring episodes that i really don't wonder that the ruins are believed to be the abode of something supernatural my father possesses some of the family papers while sir henry when he bought glencardine also acquired a quantity only a year ago he told me that he had had an application from a well-known historical writer for access to them as he was about to write a book upon the family then you know sir henry well very well indeed i'm often his guest and frequently shoot over the place i've heard that lady hayburn is a very pretty woman remarked the other glancing at his friend with a peculiar look some declare her to be beautiful but to myself i confess she's not very attractive there are stories about her eh hamilton said as there are about every good-looking woman. Beauty cannot escape unjust criticism or the scars of lying tongues. People pity Sir Henry, I've heard. They, of course, sympathize with him. Poor old gentleman, because he's blind. His is, indeed, a terrible affliction. Only fancy the change from a brilliant parliamentary career to idleness, darkness, and knitting. I suppose he's very wealthy? he must be the price he paid for glencardine was a very heavy one and besides that 
he has two other places as well as a house in park street and a villa in san remo cotton or still or soap or some other domestic necessity i suppose murray shrugged his shoulders nobody knows he answered the source of sir henry's vast wealth is a profound mystery his friend smiled but said nothing walter murray had risen to obtain matches therefore he did not notice the curious expression upon his friend's face a look which betrayed that he knew more than he intended to tell those noises heard in the castle puzzle me he remarked after a few moments at glencardine they are known as the whispers murray remarked by jove i'd like to hear them i don't think there'd be much chance of that old chap laughed the other they're only heard by those doomed to an early death i may be who knows he asked gloomily well if i were you i wouldn't anticipate catastrophe no said his friend in a more serious tone i've already heard those at hetzendorf and well i confess they've aroused in my mind some very uncanny apprehensions did you really hear them are you sure they were not imagination in the night sounds always become both magnified and distorted yes i'm certain of what i heard i was careful to convince myself that it was not imagination but actual reality walter murray smiled dubiously sir henry scouts the idea of whispers being heard at glencardine he said and strangely enough so does the baron he's a most matter-of-fact man how curious that the cases are almost parallel and yet so far apart the baron has a daughter and so has sir henry gabrielle is at glencardine i suppose asked hamilton no she's living with a maiden aunt at an out-of-the-world village in northamptonshire called woodnewton oh i thought she always lived at glencardine and acted as her father's right hand she did until a few months ago when and he paused well he went on i don't know exactly what occurred except that she left suddenly and has not since returned her mother perhaps no girl of spirit gets on well with her stepmother possibly that walter said he knew the truth but he had no desire to tell even his old friend of the allegation against the girl whom he loved hamilton noted the name of the village and sat wondering at what the young barrister had just told him it had aroused suspicion within him strange suspicions they sat together for another half hour and before they parted arranged to lunch together at the savoy in two days's time turning out of the temple edgar hamilton walked along the strand to the metropole in northumberland avenue where he was staying his mind was full of what his friend had said full of that curious legend of glencardine which coincided so strangely with that of far-off hetzendorf the jostling cloud in the busy london thoroughfare he did not see he was away again on the hill outside the old-fashioned hungarian town with the broad danube shining in the white moonbeams he saw the grim walls that had for centuries withstood the brunt of battle with the turks and from them came the whispering voice the voice said to be that of the evil one the tisgins that brown-faced race of gypsy wanderers the women with their bright-colored skirts and head-dresses and the men with the wonderful old silver filigree buttons upon their coats had related to him many weird stories regarding hetzendorf and the meaning of those whispers yet none of their stories were so curious as that which murray had just told him similar sounds were actually heard in the old castle up in the highlands his thoughts were wholly absorbed in that one 
extraordinary fact he went to the smoking-room off the hotel and obtaining a railway guide searched it in vain then ordering from a waiter a map of england he eagerly searched northamptonshire and discovered the whereabouts of wood newton therefore that night he left london for undle and put up at the old-fashioned talbot at ten o'clock on the following morning after making a detour he alighted from a dog-cart before the little inn called the westmoreland arms at apethorpe just outside the lodge gates of apethorpe hall and making excuse to the groom that he was going for a walk he set off at a brisk pace over the little bridge and up the hill to wood newton that morning was dark and gloomy with threatening rain and the distance was somewhat greater than he had calculated from the map at last however he came to the entrance to the long village street with its church and its rows of low thatched cottages a tiny inn called the white lion stood before him therefore he entered and calling for some ale commenced to chat with the old lady who kept the place after the usual conventionalities about the weather he said i suppose you don't have very many strangers in wood newton eh not many sir was her reply we see a few people from oondle and northampton in the summer holiday folk but that's all then by dint of skilful questioning he elucidated the fact that old miss hayburn lived in the tiled house further up the village and that her niece who lived with her had passed along with her dog about a quarter of an hour before and taken the footpath toward southwick ascertaining this he was all anxiety to follow her but knowing how sharp are village eyes upon a stranger he was compelled to conceal his eagerness light another cigarette and continue his chat at last however he wished the woman good day and strolling halfway up the village turned into a narrow lane which led across a farmyard to a footpath which ran across the fields following a brook eager to overtake the girl he sped along as quickly as possible gabrielle hayburn he ejaculated speaking to himself her name was all that escaped his lips a dozen times that morning he had repeated it uttering it in a tone almost of wonder almost of awe across several ploughed fields he went leaving the brook skirting a high hedge to the side of a small wood he followed the well-trodden path for nearly half an hour when of a sudden he emerged from a narrow lane between two hedgerows into a large pasture before him he saw standing together on the brink of the river neen two figures a man and a woman the girl was dressed in blue serge and wore a white woolen tam-o-shanter while the man had on a dark gray overcoat with a brown felt hat and nearby with his eye upon some sheep grazing some distance away stood a big collie hamilton started and drew back the pair were standing together in earnest conversation the man facing him the girl with her back turned what does this mean gasped hamilton aloud what can this secret meeting mean why yes i'm certainly not mistaken it's crail felix crail by all that's amazing End of chapter 30